Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. My name is Jenna. I'm here alongside Jeremy. Today, we are excited to welcome Jessica Wine to the show. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. Happy to be here. Jeremy will be playing the role of my co-host today. Uh, So hello, Jeremy. Hey, Jenna. Jessica is the AVP of Enterprise Sales at Own Backup, which is a data security and backup solution for cloud applications. She is in charge of one of the enterprise teams over there. And so, uh, Jessica, I would just love to start with an icebreaker like we usually do if you've heard the show. Are there any books you've been reading, any sales books that resonate with you as a leader, maybe even not sales related? Yeah. So I'd say it's like, you know, more of a, a general book, not specifically focused on business or sales, but um, it's a book called It Takes What It Takes. And what's interesting about it is actually written by my old high school soccer coach who ended up being a um, kind of transitioning his career into being a mind coach for really well-known athletes like Russell Wilson. So obviously we all know in sales, there's a lot of parallels to sports. And um, I really enjoy drawing those parallels and, and extracting certain things from the book and sharing that with my team just to kind of remind them or inspire them. So really, really like it. Great read and would recommend it. Jeremy and I have actually talked a lot about the sports analogies and just the sports mentality in salespeople and and how that translates into potentially the qualities of a good salesperson. I know a little bit before the show, we were talking about what is top of mind for you and how that involves scaling your team. So I think that's probably a good transition and how you're thinking about scaling and what qualities you're tending to look for as you scale in this hyper growth environment. Yeah. So our company is in a super high growth mode at this point and have some pretty lofty goals ahead of us that we are definitely going to be executing against. We have had 100% year-over-year growth for at least the last three years, and we have to execute on that one more time this year, right, and into the future. So what that means is, you know, we we really need to hire across the board. We're actually going to be doubling our headcount from 600 to 1200 across the board, which is kind of crazy to think about because I came in here not even three years ago as employee 80 and employee number four on the enterprise team. And so uh, my team is growing from a team of six into four teams of about 25, 26. And that's going to be comprised of sales leaders and uh, individual contributors. So I'm really focused on, you know, part of this at the at the fundamental level is just obviously staying organized. It's a very competitive market and you need to move people through the process quickly because they're everyone's kind of looking at different things and you want to make sure you're delivering the best end-to-end experience. And in a lot of ways, you know, obviously the hiring is is us selling to the candidate, right? So really like how do we make sure that once we have the right candidate in front of us and, and we believe that they should move through the process, doing that very, very efficiently 
and uh, getting to offer and as quickly as possible so that they can get in the door and, and we can get them enabled. I have this new philosophy that I've been developing that I'd love to test out on you, which is that all first, and it relates to your scaling, all first line managers should be promoted from within, but then on second line and above managers, it should be 50-50 internal, external split. Does that resonate or yes. what challenges do you see with that? I, oh, I heard, I heard a violent yes there. Yes, it resonates. Um, without getting into a lot of detail, I'll just say for my team specifically, I'm, well, I'll back up. Our company was, you know, is based in the Northeast, and so, and it's a startup, and you know, that's where a lot of the focus was, right? And a lot of the work was done, kind of initially. So, as we grow, when I was brought in, it was really to build out Southeast, and now part of the Midwest, like super greenfield, right? All new people, uh, new targets, and you know, some things were lightly worked, but there wasn't like a, a specific focus there. So, I mean, the same thing holds true with the team itself at this point, where as we scale this out and and grow, I do totally believe that it's going to be very difficult to bring, you know, I'm hiring four managers, four managers off the street, and they're going to be required to learn the AE's job, their own role, the product, right? And it's a very, that, that and some, some of these teams are going to be teams of just all brand new people. So I agree with you. It's the benefit of moving someone from within is, you know, having kind of your, your right hand man. It's, I think it's how I work with my manager as well. Um, we can all lean on each other and it takes away from maybe some of the things that, you know, I'd have to do and, and really kind of give somebody a buddy, if you will, as we're bringing in people off the street uh, in those roles. But I, I do agree with you on that. In order to maintain quality as you continue to to double the number of people, I would assume you need much more rigor in how you construct the way that you actually hire and, and the types of questions that are asked and how you evaluate candidates. What are some of the some of the processes that you're putting in place to uh, ensure consistency of process to, to get great people out the other side? Yeah, you're you're totally right. I'd say this is um, you know obviously I've been hiring before uh, we got into this scenario, right? But I think our process was a little loosey-goosey, if you will, before. Like We definitely have process in place, but I think we all agreed that we do need to be more organized around it. And so, you know, whether that be, you know, the steps, the actual steps and defining those and who's meeting with who. And, you know, as we grow, certain people are going to, we're, we're going to kind of remove them from the process because it's just too much to like, hey, let's all let's all actually agree that when we get into an interview, we're all asking the the same things to to and, and why we're asking those things and putting that to paper. We've done that and I think we're standardizing just the actual interview itself. We have sat in the bunker as a team and collectively, you know, identified specifically what it is that we're looking for in um, each type of candidate, whether it's the individual contributor or a manager. And again, it's just, I think it's the fact of just documenting it and then following that. And I think that that's been a really big help. It helps us, you know, uh, communicate better, take better notes so that as the person goes through the process, like we use a, we use a system called greenhouse, right. To track all this and everyone can kind of see each other's notes as, as we move through the process, which is nice. With individual contributors, you can have them role play or pitch 
own backup back to you. That's one of my favorite ways to to see how people have prepared and how they and how they engage with first line managers. What are some of the things that you do to assess their actual skill in the role? The biggest part of our process that is kind of like the maker breaker where we know is we do a a panel style interview. So we're really able to, you know, see the person's first of all just how they present, their style there, how professional the actual presentation is. The content ranges from their leadership philosophy to what they understand the role to be, but most importantly, how they can make an impact and what they've done before. And then we ask them to get into various examples. And then that's where, where we really dig in to questions. So it's, you know, deals and kind of spend some time really digging into how they'd handle certain scenarios. I'm just wondering in your hiring process, if you're finding candidates with maybe some SMB background or mid-market, um, how is that translating? Do you generally look for those candidates for enterprise jobs or is that something that maybe you train from within? No, that would definitely be something we would train from within. So when we're looking for candidates, we kind of have like two different pieces of the market that um, represent enterprise to us, you know, depending upon what that looks like with the larger companies, you know, we expect more closing experience coming in in the door versus, um, you know, the lower part of that market. But we definitely do want to see enterprise sales and experience there because of the innate complexity of these deals and all of the things you have to juggle. It's important that that somebody's actually managed through that process successfully in the past. Yeah, of course. And you mentioned that you train from within for people who might already be in those selling to those smaller businesses within own backup. I'm just curious how your teams are structured around that and how how that transition often is for you. We have like a pretty clearly defined promotion path for the most part, I'd say whether it's somebody coming in as an inside salesperson as a BDR, or we call them ADRs that support our enterprise team, those folks can get promoted into sales roles on the SMB sales team, and then really learn the ropes right on closing, right? We know they can get in the door, but the entire sales process all the way to close. And, you know, those leaders are molding them to then move into the commercial segment, or leadership. It just depends on what their goals are, right? And where they want to be. And then from there, moving folks from commercial into enterprise. So so we're really like creating an engine for people to go down whichever path works best for them, and really mentor these people into those roles. And and that's as evidenced by over 50 people on the sales team being promoted just last month. When you're in that point, what you find is people are, they either want to want to move into, passionately want to move into leadership, or they just really love being an individual contributor for obvious reasons. And that's fine, right? That's totally fine. Like everyone plays a role here. So we're good with either. And, and it's, it's our job to, you know, help everybody um, succeed and, and reach their goals no matter what they are. I, I did want to dive into the ADR piece because I think that's something that I've noticed in the last kind of six to nine months has been in a, a pretty serious transition for enterprise that 
you know, it was the fact that was until recently generally the case that ADRs would simply sort of book new meet, you know, opportunities or new meetings at, at a large enterprise and then move on. Have you changed the way your ADRs operate with enterprise account executives? I would say it is extremely strategic. It's beyond setting the meeting. They are literally involved in the account planning process. And what we do here is we have a focus on, uh, we call it top 10, next 10. And so the AEs and ADRs are taking those accounts, building out really detailed account plans, and then deciding who does what, right? Certain um, personas or titles we may not want the ADR to go after and, and the AE will handle that directly. And maybe that's because we have relationships that we're going to leverage, right, for warmer introductions and things like that. But it, they are they are part of my meetings. Like we had our weekly meeting this morning and I've, I've just found working as a team and that's across like all disciplines. Like we, we had our SEs and um, CSMs, things like that to, to the meetings. We are all on the same page and operating under the same vision and all trying to execute the same. Does, does that help? It does. And it sounds like they're jointly planning and, and researching. There's another kind of debate that goes on about who should engage whom, right? Sometimes you see the ADR will engage like director and below and the, and the enterprise AE will engage VP and up. How do you, do you draw a distinction or do you let each, each pair of AEs and ADRs decide how to engage? We let them decide. And I mean, like success story, like, you know, we're, we're really pivoting from a backup only company to a company that focuses on data security and compliance overall. And so that changes our selling motion a lot. And, and we have a big focus on getting our message in front of CISOs and educating them. So what I'll say is, I leave it up to, we leave it up to the uh, AE and the ADR to decide what's best. And, you know, recently scored a, a really great disco with a CISO from the ADR themselves. So it doesn't have to be the AE, but I, I think it really boils down to kind of what I said before is if we notice a path where we can get a warmer introduction or we think we would have better luck going through our investors or using our own executives to deliver the message. It doesn't have to just be the AE and the ADR. Those are the types of things that we're doing and strategizing around. And, and really, it's up to them to work through that. And, and then they'll review that, obviously, with their leaders and, and get ideas. And we all review it together on team meetings, right? It sounds like your ADR function is also very aligned with your AE function. Do you have similar alignment? Is it regional or just pods? We've heard a few examples of in the past with SEs or CSMs or any other roles that are cross-functionally crucial to getting the deal done and ensuring success along the way. Yes. For the most part, it is all pods. So the ADRs are, we basically have like a two to one on you know, two AEs to one ADR, they all align to, you know, under my region. And then the SEs, we've done the same thing. And I, I really, you know, it, w- it wasn't like that before. And I think when we made that switch, it, it it's really helpful, like I said, to just feel like a cohesive group. And, and I feel like we're like, you know, we're family, right? Like we have, everybody has each other's backs. 
you know, these guys get in front of clients and they just really know how, how each other works. Right. And to your point, talking to a CISO, the AEs can step back and let the subject matter experts kind of do their thing right on the calls as the AEs continue to learn more and more about selling into the CISO and, and these new markets. You mentioned a few people in that pod, right? The ADR, the AE, the sales engineer. One emerging trend we've been seeing is to have an account-based marketing person also associated with the pod. Are there some innovative ABM programs that you've seen work? Yeah, so we definitely have an ABM team. It is not aligned per se to the pod, if we were going to call it a pod, right? The GEO. It's just the team that supports everybody across the board. Uh, What we're doing is we are taking kind of everybody's top 10 across the board. So that's a lot of AEs and narrowing it down to what we're really going to focus on. And, you know, ABM is newer to the organization, but has definitely been uh, successful in getting us um, either in the door or continuing to educate people while we're, you know, in the middle of a sales cycle. Yeah. One of the things I was I was looking for is also some some very specific examples maybe of of ABM programs or what constitutes ABM for you. And and I'm asking because I don't see a lot of good examples yet. And I think they're, you know, they're they are emerging. But what are some things that you would rely upon your marketing team to to do for you that you're uh, the other people in that pod, the AEs, the ADRs, and the SEs wouldn't necessarily be able to do themselves. I'd say we've had great success when we have very large opportunities, and, and they tend to be uh, opportunities in highly regulated industries where we build out these value-based proposals. It's like a value assessment, and it's very detailed and tailored to what we know about that prospect. And we deliver that and in, in across various mechanisms. So there's that piece. There's the obvious stuff, right? It, it just depends on kind of like where we're at in the cycle, how we're using those resources, because we're not just using them to get in the door. We're also using those resources to educate the prospects that we like inside of the deal, the business owners, right? The executives, all the various personas that we're inevitably going to deal with. To make sure that they're up to speed on on why, right, and the impact that we're going to have, and so I think those reports that we build have done a really great job, you know, in helping knock down barriers for us. And then the simple things, by the way, just like setting up super targeted remarketing type of uh, assets and ads, that's actually worked to get us into some pretty big opportunities. You know, when we nominate someone to go into the enterprise, like formal ABM program, there's a lot of work and focus that goes into it. And then there's some other things that happen at scale. So we'll do like, we'll do round tables, for instance, for a certain vertical, and we'll bring in various speakers from that vertical. And it's really nice for people to be able to talk to their peers. I've, I've found that, you know, when you're not, you're not just selling, right? something and that they don't feel like they're coming to just hear a pitch and they can talk and learn. Those have also been things where we've been able to generate some some nice pipeline. One thing I didn't hear you say in any of that, and maybe this is because of my partnership background, 
um, is collaboration with partners. Uh, so I'm just curious if that is something that is part of your business model. And if so, how do you leverage that? Absolutely. That is a huge part of our selling motion. And we, we leverage it in multiple ways. When I, when I look at it with the team, I'm, I'm like a big, my soapbox is like, you know, make sure you're doing the right things. And a big part of an enterprise sale is multi-threading in every which way, right? So we have all different kinds of partners. We, we work with ISVs for the various cloud providers. We work with the cloud providers themselves. We work with folks like, you know, like, a, like infrastructure type plays like an AWS or Azure who also end up becoming a commercial reseller vehicle and other resellers. So anytime we're in a deal and, and we're account planning, we are focused on connecting with the account executives that are also responsible for that same account, you know, across those various types of partners that I just mentioned. I love hearing a very positive perspective on partners. I think they're a great asset to any deal cycle and um, you know, something that I think a lot of orgs struggle with being able to manage effectively and get them into every deal if you can right off the bat. Yeah, we have an amazing alliances team, you know, that really helps ensure that our AEs are successful. And so our collaboration with them is is really key, ongoing, and really couldn't do it without them, to be honest. Yeah, that's all really great. I think that does conclude the time we do have for today. I think this has all been really, really awesome insights. Um, I do want to remind everybody who is listening that Jessica is clearly hiring to scale with this rapidly growing organization. So Jessica, what is the best way for people to reach out to you if they're interested in either a role or to have a conversation about Own Backup? Yeah, so our roles are listed on ownbackup.com slash careers or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well and just you know shoot me an email and I can walk you through the process. But the, the best course of action is to, because you'll have to do it anyway, is, is just apply and, and then shoot me a note and let me know that you did. Great. Thanks so much. This has been really helpful and really great insights. So thanks for coming on and joining us today. Yes, thank you so much for your time and uh, you know for, for having me. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast.